So we named it we named it Bluetooth because of something that we know King Harold for it, right? His Bluetooth, right? His dead tooth. What I think is funny is that the way he died was pretty memorable also. So how close were we for this personal automated device or automated network to being called shitter or pisser? <laughs> or like death pee or something. <laughs> right. like, we're probably pretty close. All right. Welcome back to WTF History here with, uh, well, myself, uh, David Quintana, and my capable co-host, Mike Gatto, down in L.A. How you doing, Mike? I hope that wasn't British understatement. <laughs> British understatement. Are we doing British today? I don't think, I don't I don't, think so. I don't think we're doing too much British mm -mm, right now. Mm -mm. No. I'm really excited about today's show, though, because I don't know what Mike's uh, episode is. I don't know what Mike's... Uh, piece is going to be on. What's going to make the listener say WTF today, Mike? Well, today the theme is uh, the history of modern devices. And I'm going to start with a really fascinating one that very few people understand. Obviously, everyone right now is familiar with the concept of pausing live TV and rewinding it. And everyone's familiar with the concept of streaming TV and recording a sporting event that you might miss. And, you know, back in the day, just five years ago, buying your favorite movies on DVDs. We're all familiar, right, with the VCR, right, and its predecessor, Betamax. These were two competing formats for tape that came out in the 1970s that allowed people to do this revolutionary thing, which is you could record a television program and you could watch it later. So this is the very, very early predecessor of the streaming devices that we all use to, you know, to record and play back TV. And you have this situation where all of a sudden, Disney and Universal Studios were really upset about this. Um, they thought this is an outrage. People are not watching the programs when we want them to watch it. And they sued Sony, not Sony the studios, but Sony the electronics firm for manufacturing these devices. And their theory was that this device, this wonderful new device that everyone was using, could only be used to infringe copyrights. And they sued them in federal court. Um, the trial court uh, locally here ruled for Sony, but uh, the studios appealed it. They appealed it to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the federal court. And after a very, very long time considering the case, the Ninth Circuit ruled for the studios. They outlawed the VCR. They outlawed the Betamax. The Ninth Circuit's theory, they adopted the theory of the studios, which is that the main purpose of these devices was copyright infringement. And they said basically that if, you know, if if one person out there is copying a movie once that's broadcast on TV, that's copyright infringement. And the studios have an absolute right to get upset about it. And uh, they, you know, uh, they had no hesitation in the Ninth Circuit in outlying the VCR. The case goes to the United States Supreme Court, and it is one of the most hotly contested cases of 1984. They argue back and forth. There's a lot of media coverage on it. Finally, the Supreme Court comes out with its decision. It is a 5-4 opinion. 5-4 opinion, narrowly voting in favor of Sony Corporation. Um, but what's most amazing about this, when you go back and read it, is that four justices, one shy of the majority, wanted to ban everything that we now know for provision of content. They wanted to ban the VCR. They wanted to ban the DVD which was a nascent technology at the time or the predecessors to it. They wanted to ban streaming, all of these things. Now, their theory was really interesting because I, I went back and I read the dissent. And the dissent said that, you know, the 
the introduction of these devices into homes and cable boxes and such has enabled the millions of Americans to make recordings of television programs in their homes and for future and repeated use and future being at their viewing at their own convenience. And they wrote the making of even a single recording at home falls under the Copyright Act. And these studios, um, uh, their, their opinion was adopted by the dissent that basically said that, that the manufacturers could be liable for manufacturing these devices. You imagine that, like someone makes a, uh, you know, a, a tabletop, uh, uh, you know, cable box that enables you to pause live TV. And you are in theory, you are copying that program and you're <laughs> watching it when the computer or, you know, the cable or the, the, the studio doesn't want you to watch it. The most fascinating thing, if you think about that, you think about Supreme Court decisions is that these devices that really control all the media that we consume now came within one vote of being banned. And here's the crazy thing, folks. We all know what happened next in history. Uh, the sale of tapes and then DVDs and now streaming overtook live broadcasts and live advertising and overtook the, the you know, watching movies in studios as the biggest source of revenue for the studios that were complaining and that who sued. And so there's a message in there too, I think, when big lobbies, when, when litigants, when people out there talking to the public are warning of a catastrophe, this catastrophe turned out to be the biggest profit margin, uh, the biggest source of profits for these studios from then to you know, all the way through the modern day. And finally, it really, really just shows how precarious our justice system and how, how precious right, our, our whole system of government is. If one justice had gone the other way, you would not be listening to this no, program no. that you are now. Good point. Right? We would be doing live theater somewhere. Right. <laughs> and right. That's how you'd be forced to watch it. So it's really, really a fascinating corner of the history of de devices and electronics in America. That's fascinating. Who was the who was the justice? Oh, the, I forget who the deciding justice were, but but I mean, you know. I'll tell you some of the people who are in the dissent. Yeah. Uh, Thurgood Marshall was among what? the dissent. Right? I mean, he was, he was in favor of banning the VCR. Um, some of the other people in the dissent were just amazing. I mean, th these were lions of American jurisprudence who are basically saying that these devices had no legal use, that their primary use was, you know, for infringing copyrights. And it's really fascinating how, how little people know because, you know, the studios thought this was going to put them out of business and it ended up being the biggest line of business that but, they have. But I, but I can see their point. I mean, if you're just going with copyright law from the book, I mean, I can see where it would be vexing, right? In retrospect, we're like, oh, God, simple. Um, but to them, you're right, man. I mean, because we don't know streaming as we, we didn't know streaming as we know it today, right? I could see why it was vexing it. I think it's hard for a person in 2024 to say, oh, my God, those guys are crazy. But you're right. You're right. One vote <laughs> well, you, made a difference. You heard it here, folks. David Cantata in favor of banning yeah. <laughs> the playback of this video on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I think all our <laughs> entertainment should come on stones. Uh, but speaking of stones, Mike, that gets me to my to my story. So, What's going to make me say WTF? Runic stones. Um, <laughs> so, so what I'd like to talk about is Bluetooth. So, you know, it's funny, we talk about great emperors in history, great kings in history, right? Blah, blah. You know who the greatest king of all? One that all of us, you know, bend to the altar of every day? It's King Harold Bluetooth of Denmark. 
King Harold, it was actually Gormson, Harold Gormson. And later on, they called him Bluetooth. You know, and that I'm going to get into a little bit of a, a cul-de-sac here, Mike, and I'd like you to join me. Um, and hopefully you're going to tell us how he got his name. I am. Um, okay. Because, you know, people who, and I think if you're watching this, you understand this, but for many people who don't, you know, like do a lot of history like Mike and I do, you probably think like there's a guy named Ethel Red the Unready, right? He was an Anglo-Saxon king. And they're probably like, wow, wasn't that insulting? Didn't he ever hear anybody call him the unready? And it's like, no, these names are given to people retrospectively. And it's a way for historians to create a shorthand, like, because believe it or not, there were a ton of Ethelreds in the Anglo-Saxon sure, world. Sure. And so they're like, oh, who's that one guy? Oh, he had bad advisors. Yeah, Ethelred the unready. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I, I just read there was a there was a little piece that came out last week, you know, in one of these pop history sites that talked about how Richard II, the Black Prince, he was never called he was the Black never Prince. Called Black Prince. His, yeah, that's right. It's retrospective. It's all that's retrospective. Right. And so, yes. So he was King Harold Gormson, but he was known as Bluetooth. He was the one who had a dead tooth up front, had a bluish blackish tinge to it. And so, you know, how the historians remember him was Bluetooth. <laughs> Right. I mean, I could think <laughs> of better ways crazy. and I'll get to that at the end of my yeah. story, by the way. So so King Harold Gormson was a great king. What he was really known for were two things. One, he brought all of the warring tribes of Scandinavia together. He united them. He created a, a communication between the, all of the tribes and brought them together. He connected them, if you will, Mike. I think you see where I'm going here. And I um, do. I do. And, and so he was great. Right. He became a he was a very, very revered uh, Danish king. Uh, king Harold was king of the Danes and of the Scandinavians. Let's just say he was king of Norway for a very brief time um, from 19 from 958 to 986. Right. He had a good run. So so King Harold Bluetooth Gormson, uh, who brought Christianity to the Danes, he united the Scandinavian people. He was <laughs> who was thrown out of office by his son, Svein, um, and, and, and banished to the Baltics. Even more, uh, even more disparaging for poor Bluetooth is that his son, Svein, spent, sent out a hit squad. And one day while uh, old Bluetooth was relieving himself by, you know, the Baltic side, shore side, um, he was killed by an archer. Uh, in the midst of relieving himself. Now, we're not sure. What a way to go. We're not, sh go. We're not sure if it was number one or number two. Historical <laughs> documents always only say relieving himself. I, I guess there is a third option there, but we won't go into that. So anyway, that was the end of uh, King Harold Bluetooth, right? Gormson. So let's fa let's flash forward um, up into 1997. And the major, the five major cell phone carriers, they are trying to figure out a way to create some some network, a personal network in which you can connect. An individual can connect a hearing device to their cell phone, universal, right? Whatever it may be. And so they're all together. It's getting a little, it's getting a little touchy. It's touch and go. People are disagreeing, you know, as they want to do. And here is what is important to remember. The five major cell phone carriers at that time were. Okay. Can I guess Nokia from Finland? Uh, there's Ericsson from Norway, right? Or Denmark, Norway, mm -hmm. um, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, there had to be one of the bells, AT and T. I'm guessing, possibly Verizon, and then is it Deutsche Telekom? I don't know. Those are my guesses. No, but very good, very okay. good. I'm putting swing it a mess. Very good, Colombo on putting out Ericsson and Nokia. People might yeah. not remember, but 
in the beginning of the cell phone network days, I mean, Nokia and Ericsson were huge players. They were huge. And so those were two of the five, which is key. Ericsson, Nokia, Toshiba, IBM, and Intel. AT&T refused to join them. They did ask AT&T, but, you know, AT&T, they're kind of dick. And they're like, no, thank you. We're AT&T. And so they didn't do it. But anyway, they they were pulled together trying to put together some sort of personal network, some personal... Um, automated network where you could hook up to your to your phone and they felt it would be an industry standard right and then you know you could you know, individuals could take it from there with, with your product so they were running into politics right yeah the different companies were all trying to get their deal and no one was agreeing with each other so one night um the guy from ericsson spen of course and the guy, oh, the guy from intel no jim kardash <laughs> they go to a right. they go to a bar in toronto right and they're kind of like, Jesus, we, we just want to create like a personal network. We had no idea this was going to be so political, you know, with all these little phones. And they're like, yeah. So they're getting there having drinks. And then they're talking about their love of history. And they're like, you know, and so Jim starts talking to Sven about, oh, yeah, you know, I've been reading about the Vikings. And this is pretty amazing. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's how you sound on a Thursday night, Mike. And so, <laughs> so they're having drinks in Toronto <laughs> and they start talking about King Harold Bluetooth and what a great, you know, and, and Jim is like, yeah, I just read something about him and God, what a great, what a great guy. You know, this guy really brought all of the warring Scandinavian tribes together. He, it's pretty amazing. And so, you know, Sven goes, yeah, you know, he, he was very revered still in Norway and Denmark and, you know, in, in the countries. And so, boom. All right. Well, Jim goes home and it just so happens that Jim had ordered a book called The Vikings. And when he gets back to his apartment in Toronto, he goes up there and the book is waiting for him. And he's like, oh, the Vikings. And he opens it up and there is a picture of King Harold on top of a stone. And King Harold is like, you know, doing the king thing. And he's like, "Okay, I get it. This is too much. So he goes back and he tells these guys, hey, look, I got an idea. And I think kind of it is political because he knows two of them are, you know, Scandinavian, as you said. Eric. Although Nokia, uh, I got to stick up for the Finns here. The Finns are not Scandinavian. Okay. Uh, they call the three peninsulas, they call it Fennoscandia, not Scandinavia. Um, but Scandinavia is technically Norway, Denmark, Sweden. Oh, my God. But Finland is technically not part of Scandinavia. Oh, my God. That is the most Mike Gatto phrase <laughs> wait, 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 ever wait. heard. There's a show about history, David. We have to be accurate. We have to be accurate. As a matter of fact, David. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that was good. All right, forgive me, good. everybody. I just you know, I want you to know the right terms. But you are now. correct. But okay. Finns are North. way more Scandinavian than the dudes from Toshiba, Mike. So <laughs> okay, fair enough. So they got there, and um, and the next day he brought it up. He's like, because he always used code words for their projects, right? And so Jim's like, hey guys, I got a great idea. I read this book about King Harold Bluetooth. And I would like for our code name for this project, right, for the for the um, automated network, for the personal automated network, I would like for it to be Bluetooth as a code word. And he knew politically, hey, you know, it's a way for me to kind of get my way in with this, you know, with the Scandinavian and Finns, right? I'm doing that for you. And um, they loved it. They're like, ah, we love that, you know, right on, Harold, we love dude. So anyway, they started using that and they were going to go, you know, it was a code word. IBM already had a word that they wanted to use for it called PAN, personal automated network, right? And so in order to use the code word, they always run trademark checks. And believe it or not, no one had a, a trademark on Bluetooth. And these guys loved it because as as they were saying to each other, oh, yeah, we can't wait to make Bill Gates say Bluetooth. 
You know, they were like, <laughs> that was their deal. We want to make the people say Bluetooth. This is going to be awesome. And so it came time to go ahead and create, you know, to, to, uh, what do they call it? To, to release the product. Right. And they're like, okay, well, IBM wants to call PAN, right? Because that's their, that's their deal. PAN, personal automated network. And they're like, well, let's run a trademark. And of course, they couldn't trademark PAN. So they were like, well, we've already run a trademark check on Bluetooth. And it's clear. And so they're like, well, shit. let's go with Bluetooth. All right. You got your way. And so they said, okay, everybody okay with Bluetooth? They're like, we love Bluetooth. This is cool. They had a PR company called Edelman. Edelman is still around, as you know. Edelman hated the idea. They hated the idea. They're like, that's stupid. No one's ever going to say Bluetooth. Like, you couldn't come up with a worse idea. We like pan, right? We're big pan, you know, believers. And they're like, no, dude, pan, we can't use pan. We're going with Bluetooth. So they went with Bluetooth and they unloaded it. Here's the funny thing, kind of going back to what you were talking about, how people who hated an idea later benefited from it. Edelman won all kinds of awards for their Bluetooth campaign. They're like, oh, God, Bluetooth has genius, Edelman. You guys that are the greatest. Cool. <laughs> they fought it the whole way. And, and you could argue that is probably one of the first examples of the trend of naming personal electronic devices after silly things, right? Right, I mean, uh, right. There's, there's so many examples. Yeah, yeah. Lime, yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff, right? Bird, right. like what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's how we got Bluetooth. What I think is funny, wow. uh, Mike, is that very few people know this, right? That every day when you talk about Bluetooth, uh, the symbol are actually his two his two letters for King Harold put together. Wow. So when you look at it, a lot of people think it's a B for Bluetooth, but it's actually the two letters for King Harold put together. Well, actually, his name is actually something else in Swedish, right? right? So I, right. I'm not going to try to say it, but they're put together, and that's what that symbol is. It's the two old Danish letters put together, and that's what it is. So, but Mike. Wow. So we named it we named it Bluetooth because of something that we know King Harold for it, right? His Bluetooth, right? His dead tooth. What I think is funny is that the way he died was pretty memorable also. So how close were we for this personal automated device or automated network to being called shitter or pisser? <laughs> <laughs> or like death pee or something. You're right. like, We're probably pretty close. So so I'll tell you a little funny story before we wrap about how Bluetooth screwed me over. And it's uh, it's pretty funny. And this goes in the category of, you know, timing is everything. And when you're investing, you have to be you have to be timed right. So I was reading I was reading uh, uh, something during the uh, the dot com run up. This had to be 1998, 1999, I'm guessing. And it said there is a new technology out there called Bluetooth, and it's got this goofy name. And it was developed in large part with the influence of this company called Ericsson. And uh, they're going to change the world because, you know, they, they've, they're they really advanced in Bluetooth and this is going to take over the world. This is 1999. So I bought all this Ericsson stock and it was like at, like, you know, 50 bucks a share or something like that. And I, I believed in the case for Bluetooth. I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Someday we're all going to be using Bluetooth devices. You know, 2002 happens, the dot com car, 2000, and then 2002, uh, two crashes. I, I think Ericsson stock went down to like five bucks and it stayed there for like 20 years, right? And, you know, Bluetooth became a thing, but it's like, you <laughs> know, you with buy it at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. 
Uh, what a fascinating story. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping our listeners will tell us in the comments which of these crazy device stories, the VCR getting banned <laughs> or Bluetooth being named after an old Danish Raider King, um, which of these made you say what WTF? Or, or are you really fascinated by the fact that Finns technically aren't Scandinavians? Which... <laughs> yeah, if that wins, we've got real trouble. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. This has been fun, as always. And thank you, fun. guys. And thanks. if you like this, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Hey, if you like what you hear, like and subscribe. It really means a lot, and we would love to have you coming back every week. Thank you.